here, Lord. We take this for granted so often that yet, Lord, we, this is something you call us to do as, as, um, as your body of Christ, to gather together, to worship you, God, to lift you up, and then to hear from you in your word, Lord. So uh, as we prepare for the time in the word, I pray that you just, through these worship songs, just soften the soil of our hearts, that we might receive your, your, your word as seeds and that it may grow in, in our lives, Lord. So, uh, Lord, may you be glorified and lifted up in this time of worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand with us.
Through the world, shall I 
God, I pray for, we pray, God, for just a blessing upon our time together. Thank you for the time that we've had already, uh, fellowshipping, God, singing, now praying. And as we hear the message today, Lord, we just pray, God, that it would just resonate with us, God, that it would set us free in Jesus' name. God, that you'd work miraculously and supernaturally in our hearts and minds, Lord. And God, that you'd do surprisingly good things for us and in us and through us, Lord God. So Jesus, Father, Spirit, come. Thank you for your presence here. We invite you, not just here to our corporate gathering, but individually, Lord God, we just invite you into our hearts and minds, Lord God, that you might speak to us. So be glorified, God, in the sanctuary, the loft, the patio. As people tune in online, we just pray blessing, Lord God, that the grace of God would just cover us all. We pray these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Turn and say hello to somebody. Meet somebody that you've never met before, and we'll get back to it. What if we- Welcome, welcome, welcome. So I just got back from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was there for a few days. Um, Influencers, which is a discipleship ministry that we're a part of at Harvest Church, is a uh, ministry for men and for women, discipleship ministry that we're a part of and have been a part of for a, a number of years now. A lot of our men and a lot of our women are going through this journey uh, put out by its, its curriculum, put out by Rocky Fleming, who is the founder of Influencers Ministry. So they just had their 20-year summit, their 20-year anniversary, and so I was invited to go out with a group of guys from our church, and uh, I wasn't planning to go because I had other things on my schedule, and then my schedule changed, and then the Sunday before last, I was invited. They said, hey, we still have room if you've got if your schedule's clear, and I said, well, this is the deal. My schedule is clear. If I can find a plane flight out last minute, um, then, you know, I'll consider going. So I talked to my wife and said, hey, this is the deal. I, I want to go to this. I don't know, you know, if I'll get, be able to get a ticket. But she said, well, if we get a ticket, you go. If not, then you'll know. So we uh, got online and found a ticket. And so I went off to Tulsa with, like I said, there were about 126 guys gathered at this old Salvation Army camp um, outside of Tulsa. And it was just this delightful time. Um, the opening night, Thursday night, um, the founder, Rocky Fleming. So it was Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, come home Sunday. So I got home last Sunday at about six o'clock in the night. And, uh, and uh, so Rocky Fleming opens things up after we have some worship and some prayer, and he begins to talk about an orphan spirit. And uh, I had heard of this concept over the course of time, over the course of my years, um, 
in ministry and just as a Christian. Um, and part of the journey curriculum is that you read a book called An Orphan No More. And uh, so I read that book uh, probably twice and, um, and it ministered to me and resonated with me. And then so, you know, moving on and uh, Rocky's talking about an orphan spirit again on Thursday night. And um, so it really resonated with me. And so today I'm just gonna kind of share my story in Revelation twelve eleven, it says they overcame him, the accuser, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I think there's power in, obviously there's power in the blood of the lamb and there's obviously power in the word of our testimony. And so I'm gonna just give word of testimony today, um, just kind of sharing what the Lord did with me uh, over these three days in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And... Um, I, I think it's, I think, I think the Lord's going to use it to minister to our church and to the listener, um, wherever they may be. Um, the accuser, Satan, the enemy of our souls, is always lying to us. He's accusing us. That's what one of his names is. He's the accuser of the brethren, accuser of the saints. And so he's always trying to convince us of things that are not true. And it's so subtle that we don't even realize that we're being duped or tricked or that we're believing lies that the enemy has put before us. There are lies, uh, depending on our circumstances in life, that are pretty easy to believe. They're easy for us to buy. In fact, it's really difficult. It takes a great measure of faith for us to believe the truth that God speaks over us and speaks to us and speaks about us in the scripture. When we hear about the love of the Father for us, sometimes it's hard for us to internalize that because we don't feel very lovely. Or we feel like we've done something to cause him not to love us. When we hear about the grace of God, we think, well, the grace of God is for everybody else, but nobody really knows how deep and dark my secrets are, and so that grace cannot be for me. When we talk about the mercy of God, we think it's mercy for others or we think it's mercy for part of our lives but not all of our lives. And so when we read through the scripture and we see God ministering through the Old and the New Testaments, we see his kindness, his love, his grace and his mercy. We see all of the his provision. We see all of these things and yet the enemy will lie to us and tell us that in this circumstance or in this season of life, those things aren't true. And so we carry all kinds of fear, all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of doubt, all kinds of worry. We don't believe because we bought into the lies of the enemy. So um, I didn't realize I, that I was buying into some of these lies of the enemy. Um, uh, but as Rocky shared kind of his little talk about the orphan spirit, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me that this is who I am. And so I wrote down a few things. Um, and I'll just kind of unpack my weekend with you, my Thursday, Friday, and my Saturday, and my Sunday with you. I wrote, I have an orphan spirit. I have a root of bitterness because of unforgiveness. I need to forgive my dad. Now, I had thought that I had forgiven my dad. 
But when he died last month, it brought up all of this stuff, all of this baggage that I thought I had already dealt with. I thought that I had forgiven him for everything. Um, I had spent the last few years calling him every week, visiting him number of, a number of times, um, building that relationship, speaking life and truth into him. But when he passed away, like all of this junk just surfaced and uh, didn't realize it, but I was beginning to deal with uh, anger again regarding him, disappointment, frustration, all kinds of things. And uh, what I didn't realize is that I was viewing my heavenly father the way that I was viewing my earthly father. And we've all heard this stuff before, but this is what was going on with me. So I found it really easy to relate to the son, to the spirit, but really had a hard time connecting to and relating to the father. And so when we sing songs like we were singing this morning about praise to the father, the son, and the spirit, um, it would be difficult for me to connect to that statement about the father. Really easy to connect to the son, my savior, the spirit, the one who guides, directs, corrects, abides in me. Um, so this is what I wrote. My orphan spirit is familiar. My orphan spirit is comfortable. My orphan spirit is cancer. I'm not sure I want intimacy with the Father. I'm not sure I know how to relate to the Father. I'm not sure I know how to know the Father. My orphan spirit is my friend. My orphan spirit is my companion. My orphan spirit is my safe place. I'm not sure I can trust the Father. I'm not sure I can believe the Father. I'm not sure I can love the Father. So these were my brutally honest opinions about the Father based on the pain in my own experience with my earthly father. So as part of um, the weekend on Friday, so we got there Thursday, I had a session Thursday night, and then Friday we were given uh, two and a half hours to go out and just spend time with the Lord. And so in that two and a half hours, and some say about two and a half hours, a long time, it, it goes quick. Um, so the instruction was, listen to the Lord and write a letter to the Father and then write a letter from the Father to you. What do you think the Father would speak to you? And so I had to listen to what I thought the Father might speak to me and then write that down. And then I had to write a letter to uh, to the Father as well. Uh, I'm trying to think which one should I write first. Let me read my letter to the Father here. My letter to the Father. Father, if I'm honest, just using that word Father it sticks in my throat. I grimace and cringe at the thoughts. I relate better to the Son and the Spirit. I know you are one with the Son and the Spirit. I know that you are the same. I know there is one God. I'd rather you stay the silent partner. It would be easier to go along as I have, but I, I, I know that that is not true. I know you desire more, and so do I. I've been missing out, and I don't want that for my life. I don't understand the path forward, but I need it. 
It's strange to think that I have this big hole in my connection with you. I've been at this for decades. I, I lead and I don't understand. This is perplexing. You are beyond full comprehension. My understanding barely scratches the surface. Teach me. Show me. Disciple me. Give me childlike faith. Humility to start again. Gratitude for the opportunity. Keep me from slipping into old patterns of thinking and lead me down the right path. Help me to see you with fresh eyes and a tender heart. I want to be free. I want to love, I want to feel your love. I want all of you, yours in process, Steve, your son. So that was my letter to the father. This is what I felt like the father wrote to me. So this is the father's letter to me. My son, I am not like your earthly father. I am not abusive. I am not absent. I am not aloof. I am always present. I am always perfect. I am always compassionate. I pursue you when you don't want to be pursued. I love you when you don't want to be loved. I forgive you when you don't deserve it. There is no catch. I don't love you because you work hard. I love you because of who you are, mine. Forget all that you thought you knew about me. Remember all the times I have been faithful. Choose truth and let me heal your heart. Surrender to me. Trust me. Believe me. I am your eternal Abba. I am eternally yours. You are eternally mine. You love your kids better than you were loved. I am inconceivably better at fathering than you. (laughs) My love for you is immeasurable. There is no end to it. Allow your heart to be healed. Stop trying to figure it out. Come to me with new expectations. Stop looking at yourself. Start seeing me and settle in. I have peace for you. You are forgiven. No matter where you are, I am there. Your works... Good or bad, don't affect my love for you. Your accomplishments or lack thereof don't change my mind about you. Your shortcomings can't alter my commitment to you. You don't disappoint me. You don't need to impress me. You don't take care of me. I take care of you. I sustain you. I love you. Unconditionally, without withholding, abundantly so. So that was the truth the Father spoke to me. So during this three-day weekend, we had breakout sessions with groups of men. This was an all-men's group, all-men's summit. 
And um, so I was in group nine with about eight or 10 other guys. And I shared because that was the intention of the group. So the reason for the gatherings is that we might share what the Lord spoke to us. And so I shared this information with this group and one of the intercessors who is in the group, each group was assigned a facilitator and, and an intercessor. And the intercessor in our group uh, pulled me aside one time after dinner and he said, hey, I'd like to share my story with you about my journey with my father, about my life with my father. And he shared a very um, dysfunctional, abusive experience that he had with his father and the fact that he had to ultimately forgive his father. And so after hearing his story, I felt like the Lord was telling me, you need to forgive your father. So I wrote down a number of things that I, cho- I choose to forgive my dad for. And again, I, I felt like I had done all of this before, but when he passed, forgiveness is, it's, our lives are like layers of an onion. You know, it's like they, things peel back and things are exposed and you gotta deal with them all afresh. So <clears throat> this is what I wrote about my dad. I said, I forgive my dad. I forgive his neglect. I forgive his selfishness. I forgive his anger. I forgive his expectations. I forgive his laziness. I forgive his cluelessness. I forgive his lack of love. I forgive his favoritism. I forgive his dysfunction. I forgive his wasted life. I forgive him. And when I wrote all of that out, I didn't feel so much as a load lifted, but I felt like my soul had been scrubbed. Like God had taken the best of cleaner and just cleaned out my soul, you know, and just wash me afresh. All of that ugliness, all of that darkness, all of that unforgiveness that I thought I had dealt with but was revealed to me again was just washed away. It was really just this incredible experience. And even as I read that list of things that I've forgiven my father for, I realize there is no hint of anger. There's no hint of any kind of disdain. There's no hint of lingering feelings regarding all of this. I feel like, if anything, the Lord has given me compassion for my father um, to share his story a bit. Um, He was raised by a mom and a dad who were exceptionally dysfunctional himself. His dad was an alcoholic and was aloof and distant from him his whole life. His mom, his mother, my grandmother, never met her, was institutionalized when she was a young woman in her 20s or 30s. She was institutionalized because she went crazy and spent the rest of her life institutionalized in an insane asylum. So to say the very least, my dad grew up with deep roots of dysfunction in his own life. And then he had met my mom and um, 
as very, very young people, teenagers, um, they ended up having a family of their own, um, they were both completely unprepared for parenting, my dad especially, and um, after just a couple of years, they divorced, and then for the most of my growing up life, I never saw my dad again. I talked to him a couple times, but he was completely distant, um, unavailable, didn't support, didn't, was, just wasn't there, and um, so he was acting out of all of his pain, and um, and trying his very best, but without the spirit of the living God in his life, without having known Jesus, his life was just perpetuating the mess that he had lived. So, <clears throat> by God's grace, because he's good, not because I'm good, I come to faith in Jesus Christ when I'm in high school, junior high school, and I try to start following Jesus, and then out of the course of that experience, God begins to work in my own life, um, and I'm, by God's grace, able to change the tide, to redirect our family, the tra- trajectory that I should have been on was changed because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I have was able to raise my family, um, raise my kids, stay married to my wife, and um, uh, serve the Lord. And so God has been uber gracious. But I'm always surprised at what still needs to be done in our lives. <laughs> After walking with Jesus for the last 40 years and being married for the last 31 years and raising four kids and... Um, being in full-time vocational ministry for the last 20 plus years, I'm never surprised, I'm always surprised, I should say, I'm always surprised at what God still needs to do in our lives as we move forward and get older. So I am sharing this story because I feel like it's the enemy's first priority to lie to us, to deceive us, to get us believing things that are not true about God. And so when we read the scripture or when we hear sermons or when we hear testimony about the goodness of God and about the faithfulness of God and about the provision of God, uh, we don't believe it's for us. But I just want to tell you, it is for you. It is for all of us. It's very much for all of us. Thank you for that. And um, so what I want to do is give us a chance today to just deal with some of those things that um, have been maybe hindering our relationship with God, um, hindering our ability to trust God, hindering our ability to believe God, and hindering our ability to fully follow God. And so publicly or privately, you are invited to do some soul searching. I'd like to invite the worship team back up. I don't know if they're even around right now, but if if you guys are hearing me, uh, it's way early, but come on back and and, uh, we're going to spend some time just praying and um, doing some business with the Lord 
And uh, so as the team comes back up, if you guys could just play some, play some music and just kind of be, kind of create some, some music in the background, that'd be great. So I'm just going to pray and um, we'll let the Lord be Lord. Um, I feel like it's been kind of like this revolutionary, life-changing thought that God can be trusted. Isn't that crazy? Um, it's interesting because splitting hairs, I, I know Jesus can be trusted, and I know the Holy Spirit is with me and fills me and convicts me of sin and of righteousness and is uh, always there. I know Jesus is a, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I know that he's my Savior, but, but I've always been disconnected to the Heavenly Father, and I'm not anymore, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, so I want, and God wants for you, uh, that same thing. He wants whatever disconnect, whatever lack of ho- uh, trust or hope or faith that you're dealing with, God wants to deal with that by revealing himself to you in profound ways. And so let's go ahead and stand up, and uh, we'll just do some business with the Lord. So Lord... We are here to take some time. And we're here to pray. We ask, Lord, we pray that you would show us what's lacking, what's missing, what's causing us to be faithless and not believe, what's causing us to not trust you, Lord, what's causing us to walk in fear, what's causing us to be distant, to keep you at a distance, Lord. What's causing that, Lord? So just so that everybody on the patio and in the loft and online knows, we're, we're just praying and um, we encourage you to do that yourself. Um, we're just giving opportunity for people to pray. And so if you feel led to pray out loud or to yourself, just we're just going to take these next number of minutes and just let the Lord do some work in us. And so pray out loud, pray quietly, uh, let the Lord do what he wants to do.
Angels. Thank you, Lord. Worshiping, um, I caught a vision, uh, and it's a vision of a, a person not in a good place, very dark place. Whenever I see that, I think of my own life, how the Lord delivered me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my, my feet upon a rock. You know, it's my choice to stay on that rock. Oftentimes we make bad choices and we step away from the Lord. But I've chosen to stay on that rock and build a relationship with my Father, my Heavenly Father. And in my walk with Christ, I've gotten to know the Father in many ways and had intimate conversation with the Lord. But oftentimes, the reason why he's building my relationship with him is so that I can minister to the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord. And what I'd like to say to you is that it's a good place to be on the rock, not in that dark place. Believe me, when you step out of that dark place, the Father is waiting with His arms open wide mm-hmm. to greet you and bring you back into fellowship. I want to say that when you dabble in things, oftentimes they, they could hook you, mm-hmm. almost like a bear trap, and you just can't get away. But fortunately, there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you want to be set free from that thing, and I know it's there, I just love to pray for you because I've had many people pray for me to deliver me out of many things. And where I'm at now, God, I don't want to budge. I just want to grow. Thank you, Lord. And I have a wonderful pastor. I've been here over 15 years growing in Christ, and you can grow. And what does it take to grow? Sometimes it takes a step of faith to grow, just to step out. You want to get away from something. You want to be free from it. And then what's going to happen? God's going to use you to set people free. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Because He has anointed you to set the captives free. That's what we're to be doing. Setting captives free. Thank you, Lord. So we as a body invite you to come forward so that we could pray for you, so that you can grow in a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Dave. God bless you, brother. Thank you, Lord.
personally, I was very resistant to allow God to do what he wanted to do in my life because I was fearful of it. I, I was more comfortable in my pain and dysfunction and I, willing until the Lord changed my heart to risk, to risk letting God in to do what he wants to do. And uh, so if you're here today, I just want to testify that um, it's worth it. It's better. Um, you will experience uh, a purity of heart and soul that you didn't think was possible. Freedom in Jesus that you've never experienced. It's just really good. It's just really good. So do what the Lord is prompting you to do. Maybe you're here today, you've never actually given your life to Jesus because of, well, a host of reasons. God has been patiently waiting, lovingly, patiently waiting, speaking to you, revealing himself to you, and today is the day to say yes, to not be fearful any longer, to get rid of your pride and just to say yes to him. And so if you're here today and you need to accept the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd like to lead you in that. If you just say, Jesus, I'm ready. Jesus, I'm ready to receive you, ready to walk with you, ready for new life. And as you confess your readiness to him, he answers that with his presence, with his cleansing power, with his everlasting love, mercy, and grace. You confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So whatever's needing to be confessed, confess that to the Lord. And then let him cleanse you and let him wash you as white as snow. And let him adopt you into his family. Today, today is the day of salvation. Come to your Father. Come to your Father. He loves you. Thank you, Lord. His grace is sufficient. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
few seconds. My, my parents and I have, 31 years ago, I was faced with a ultimatum. Basically, they said, you choose God, you choose that man, you're out of this house. So I left my family, and I went and I married my husband. And I've never been welcomed back into my family. So I know it's been tough. My husband stood by me all these years, and I'm very grateful. But I've also watched the decay and the, the power of unforgiveness destroy my mom and dad and my family. And it's been very difficult to try to be who I am in Christ because they've always judged me for that. And even the prayer this morning, just be strong and courageous and rise above. And yet I've always tried. And finally, finally, I see a breakthrough. Yeah. And the breakthrough is the poison that's been in my life, which is my stepmother. She just passed away. But we all see that she was pure poison in my family, and she destroyed my family. And it's really difficult because my dad's always wanted to have a friendship with me, but she's never allowed it. And so now I'm ready to rebuild this friendship with my dad. Amen. Yeah. The unforgiveness has destroyed families and the ways that you hold on to things that just are worth holding on to. Have grace, have mercy, have forgiveness. Mm. Let that bitterness get out of your spirit because it eats you up, it destroys you. And allow it to be healed. Go to those who have not forgiven you and and just tell them in the name of Jesus, forgive me, whatever it is. Confess, say you're sorry. Let the healing begin. Let the brokenness be known. How you feel broken in your spirit, let it be known. Don't be afraid to cry out. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry. Because the bitterness will destroy your family. And I just thank you, Lord, that you've given my dad back to me. Amen. Amen. And I just pray that we can rebuild that friendship. And the healing can begin. Mm-hmm. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Vanessa. Appreciate you. We agree with that, Lord, and we agree with that for Vanessa and her dad and for every relationship uh, represented here in this room and on this campus. For those listening in online, Lord God, we pray for healing, reconciliation, forgiveness, grace to flow, Lord God. God, that root of bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, judgment, critical spirit, Lord, all of that stuff would be dealt with and eradicated and put out of our lives by the power and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we've been forgiven much. Help us to extend that grace to others, Lord, and help us to receive that mercy from you, that grace from you. Help us to walk in the newness of that that revelation, Lord God, that we be free free to receive mercy and grace and goodness from you, free to receive love and compassion and kindness from you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
<laughs> you know, I really, I really feel there's somebody that's uh, shackled. You're in a place you don't want to be in. In other words, you, you really want to be effective with your gifts and with the power that God has placed in you. But I feel like there's something holding you back. I don't know what it is, but I've been there. I know what it is to be like who I am or I look at the color of my skin, my race or my education level. That, that could be the thing that's shackling you. And, and when, I, when I walk with Christ, I, I read the Old Testament. And I Lord, Lord, I'm not even a Jew. I don't understand all of this. How can, how can I walk with you? And, and he makes it very plain and simple. I made you just the way I want you to be. Not a Jew, not that person, not this person. But you are unique. And that's what you are right there, standing there. Wherever you are, you are very unique. Be who God has made you to be and step out and use your gift. Don't be shackled by society, by economics, by whatever it is. I just want to say I've been there, but when you step out and you use your gift, oh, praise God, you're going to see something happen that will impact your life forever. Thank you. I've led people to Christ on an airplane, mm-hmm. in the workplace, at, at musical events, at family reunions. Why? Because I heard a small, still voice say, Dave. This person needs me. Will you minister to them now? Now I have to make a choice. Am I shackled? Do I hold back? Or do I step out and minister to that person? I led my sister-in-law to Christ. I led my father-in-law to Christ. Why? Because I heard the small, still voice. And there's timing and everything. It's time for you to step out of where you're at. And be used of God. Believe me, you're not going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's worship. And um, if you need prayer, people will be up here to pray for you. But let's just worship and uh, see what the Lord does.
you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. You It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only.
feel like some of us are hesitant. Um, it's like you're on the runway, but you're not ready to take off yet. I was um, on the plane uh, on the way out to Tulsa, and um, we were delayed. And uh, so I, I wrote this uh, poem that uh, I just knew the delay, there was purpose in the delay, so I wrote this. And I, I think it's, it fits where we are. I titled this poem, In Flight Nearly. Sitting, shackled, waiting, wanting. Looking ahead, longing instead. Flight delayed, feeling dismayed. Making progress, moving ahead, rolling, bouncing, rough stopping. Sitting again, seeing nothing. Engine revs, eagerness mounts, late takeoff, last plane. Ready now, realizing somehow. Sin reduces, selfishness confines. Christ launches, Christianity loves, flight possible, motion inevitable. We decide, whatever direction. Jesus directs, joyous purpose. God points, grace extended. Moving now, making progress, in flight, internal delight, abiding now, aligning somehow. Peace unexplainable, path recognizable, fruitful light, faithful life, in flight, not nearly supernaturally. So, Lord, I think there are some here who are ready to go, maybe get going, stopping, fearing, doubting, getting ready to go again, but not sure how. And Lord, so I pray for those people who are in that precarious place, Lord. I pray that you would give them confidence and trust in you, that you can be trusted, that we can lift off this runway and enjoy the life that and the flights, God, that you have for us. So Lord, help us not to be fearful anymore. Help us to trust you and have faith in you and to believe you. If that's you today, I just want to pray for you. And so I pray for those who are just fearful and anxious. God, do a supernatural work. God, that frees people today. God, that sets people free today. That gives people fresh grace today, Lord, and fresh strength today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing again and uh, maybe sing that last song again. And we'll just give the Lord a few more minutes here. It's your breath in 
continue to do and uh, we ask God that this would just be the beginning and maybe it's not even the beginning for a lot of us maybe it's just a continuation of what you've been speaking and what you've been doing and the work that you've been accomplishing in us and so we pray that that would just continue and uh, so Lord uh, be Lord over our thoughts our hearts our decisions our minds Lord everything Lord help us to abide with you and trust you fully God be glorified as we do thank you for this time Lord and uh, pray that as we get ready for service number two, Lord, that you would 
uh, just work powerfully in that service.